0: Hey, and welcome to the Plant Yourself Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Jacobson. So I'd like to announce very happily that since I've started counting in February, we now have over 20,000 downloads of the Plant Yourself podcast, which, and I looked this up, is less than a million, but considerably more than zero. So thank you, everyone who's downloaded, and especially thanks to those folks who have spread the word, who've posted on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or LinkedIn or Pinterest or just old-fashioned told your friends and loved ones about it. That's how we grow. Second... Um, I'm starting a show on answering questions. So if you have questions that you'd like me to look at and maybe uh, invite some guests to help answer, go to plantyourself.com slash ask. You can either type it in or phone it in. Uh, third, I'd like to uh, let you know that you're not crazy. If you think that the sound quality of the podcast has increased greatly over the past several weeks, I uh, took Rich Roll's advice and spent about 500 bucks on great audio equipment or decent audio equipment, which um, is so much better than what I had. It's kind of like uh, adding a little bit of vegetables to a really bad diet. It doesn't take much to make people notice the difference. So, yeah. Um, Finally, today's guests Ann Kryle Esselstyn and Jane Esselstyn are two of the cooking powerhouses behind the prevent and reverse heart disease phenomenon uh, started and led by Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn. Um, husband and father, respectively. So in today's podcast, we talk about the Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease Cookbook, um, the recipes in Rip Esselstyn's book, My Beef with Meat, and it is side-splitting. These two ladies are extremely funny, uh, extremely wise, and more than anyone else in the plant-based movement, I think these two understand how to help ordinary people begin to get this kind of food into their lives. Their recipes are really accessible, delicious. They don't require special ingredients. There's almost no tofu in the whole book, which I know is a huge turnoff for people who are prejudiced against tofu. So we talk about lots and lots of really interesting things. And I think you will absolutely fall in love with these two when you meet them. So without further ado, Anne Kyle Esselstyn and Jane Esselstyn, welcome to the Plant Yourself podcast. Thank you. Uh, so I've been excited to thank talk... Thank
1: you, thank you. Sorry, I'm coming in late. <laughs> oh, that's, that's all right.
0: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm expecting um, lots of slapstick in this interview from... Um, no, no
1: worries.
0: Just from, from, from watching you guys um, you know, do your uh, food presentations and watching a lot of videos. I'm, I'm expecting a lot of I Love Lucy here. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, you guys just came out with the Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease Cookbook. Um, which I have been cooking out of for a while now. And I have to tell you, I, I love how it tastes. And I really love how accessible and easy it is. Like I know if I'm, t- you know, there's a lot of cookbooks that I have where if I'm tired or if I haven't just done a shop or if I'm not about to do a shop, I know that there's really nothing in there. But I know that when I open your cookbook, that it's mostly staples, it's stuff I have, and... It doesn't really tax me to, to to work on those recipes. So I want I to. That's
1: great. Thank you. Oh shucks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so what have so, you made out of it? What do you like out of it? Well, well so, I'm impressed that you cook. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you know, I've got to put my money where my mouth is. Um,
1: <laughs> so this morning.
0: Um, I tried something new, uh, and I just made it for myself, and I had to, and ended up having to make a double batch because everybody else wanted it too. It was the...
1: Don't tell me it's my mom's oats, my mom's dry oats. No, no. It was... Uh, it <laughs> I'm was, just it, I
0: don't... <laughs> it, it was the, um, the, the chickpea omelets.
1: Oh, isn't oh. that amazing? Uh, I think that is fabulous. It's a great recipe People are it fine. is so good that's Jane absolutely stunned me with that because of the whole idea of omelette is not, is not appealing to me anything omelette is egg
0: right so. this, and, and you know chickpea flour when it's uncooked it, it kind of I was kind of like doubting myself halfway through like no one's going to want this this is going to end up in the compost and yet once once it was cooked through, I could not beat my children away from it, you know, we put on the salsa. And it was just it was it was so good and so easy that well, when it was all gone, and I hadn't really tasted it yet, I just whipped up another batch. And so, so my question is, is that kind of what you were trying to do in this cookbook make something that really lowered the bar for how much effort and thought and preparation it would take to cook uh, plant strong or plant perfect?
1: Well, you know, we're not trained chefs or anything. We just cook from experience. And as you just said, the best experience is when you make something that people clamor around and want to eat. And I just knew that, you know, it's, if it's simple to make, it's probably not complicated to eat. I mean, I don't, I, there was no true intention behind it. I knew I wanted to make something that was, um, looked kind of omelet and people have used tofu in, in the past, and I feel like tofu just automatically complicates the equation because there's bazillion different types of tofu, different textures, different sort of, um, you know, you can get liquidy ones, silken ones, you know, regular tofu, you know, firm, not firm, smooth. It's so anyway, no tofu, how can we make it? And that's, I'm so glad you made it this morning and your kids liked it. That's awesome. Well, you know, I think it's absolutely uh, uh, amazingly delicious, but I'm going to tell you my philosophy on breakfast, and that is that I feel... Since you asked. Since, yeah, yeah, which didn't, I did. Didn't, you did. <laughs> uh, since you want to know. I mean, I, I really feel that breakfast has to be utterly simple, and I think the more you can eat the same thing every day, that's, that's, that's the best. And I, I I mean, for instance, my husband will only eat his oats, only, eat. I mean, if I make something else or if somebody else does, he eats his oats and he might have one bite of a pancake or something, but because, you know, then you fall into maybe having to have maple syrup on whatever, so... um, I, I, I really do feel like, uh, and the only time you're going to get oats probably is because they do have the wonderful properties of lowering cholesterol and lessening inflammation and being dose responsive. So that I like to try and get oats every day and especially into the heart disease patients. So that's why we have so many Oat recipes, but the, but Jane just blew the lid off it all. I thought, "Would that one. great um, chick tea?" Well, you know what helps so much is the photographer nailed a great picture on that one. Don't you think it's a good it's a good picture? Yeah, I wouldn't have
0: made it if it wasn't for the picture. There you go. You know, I the, swear, the ingredients didn't. Did, honestly, <laughs> when I just looked at the recipe, I wasn't excited. The picture, you know, was <laughs> was enough of a of a bikini shot to get me to try it. Oh. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then it was just ah. delicious. Yeah. So, oh, that's funny. So, yeah, I mean, so. You we, see,
1: I have, I have my breakfast in there that I sometimes have. Not ever, all of uh, time. Would you me. please flip to the page of her breakfast? Which, right. and my I, it's, it's just horrible. They wouldn't let me write what I wanted to write. I wanted to say, this is horrifyingly dry. Well, you know what? You, this, this is threateningly dry. Is this, you said it. Anne's
0: oats with grapes? Yes. Okay, so that's so the complicated. Oats, that's the
1: that is the complicated recipe. Apples <laughs> and, and grapes. grapes. <laughs> that's all. She doesn't have any liquid. She eats it dry. But it, but if each bite has a wet grape, it is surprisingly good. You have to have enough grapes, red uh-huh. grapes, and you have to have anyway. some DNA that came from a horse in your body somewhere. <laughs> Just, <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> so we're. Right. So breakfast is breakfast is basically easy
0: right. or, make, or make it easy
1: for yourself. So you eat it every morning. Otherwise, you're going to stop somewhere and get a breakfast, you know, Luna bar or whatever.
0: Right. Well, and you know, and I, I think that's it seems like that's your philosophy is just make it as easy as you possibly can. Um, you know, I mean, when I think about how, how I used to eat breakfast when I was eating crap, You know, I didn't wake up every morning and look for new recipes. I would have the same cereal with the same milk, the same toast. If I was having a sausage, I would just have a frozen pack of sausages. I would just have the same. You know, I did not want variety in the morning. My brain wasn't awake enough to process, you know, anything new. So we're just we're keeping the same principle of of least effort and just um, applying it to healthy choices.
1: Totally. I Uh, totally agree. And and I think... um, you know, it, 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 uh, you can have a, a hot oatmeal, not cooked oatmeal. Anyway, go for some oatmeal, oats of some kind. Steel cut, anything, yeah.
0: Right. So the other the other recipe that we make all the time is from the uh, My Beef with Meat, which uh, Jane, used, you uh, included the recipes That's for that strange. one. This, but, the, yeah. This was the, the, the shi- cheesy shiitake steel cut oats. Isn't that
1: a great oh. savory oats? So that is amazing. That. We have that in our, uh, uh, that in our book, also. It's and there's a picture too. And it, not as much a bikini shot as the chickpea omelet, apparently. Yeah. But but no. But we have a version, and I have a new version that I'm eating every day now. And I just that idea of the oats and shiitake, and I'm now putting kale in it. Mm. And I mean, I you know you get it all in one bundle. So, in, and, but in the one in our book, we have uh, greens in there too. Nice. So, it's.
0: So, and so, what, what I did with that, we, so we made it four times in a row after we came back from uh, Plant Stock 2013 mm-hmm. with, with the cookbook. And then I'm like, you know what? This is getting to be a bit of a pain because I'm making it every day. So, what I just did is I made a, a hunk. huge hunk yeah. of the dry stuff uh-huh. and then just put it into ball jars. Just screw oh. it on. And so now I just take whatever it is, like uh, three tablespoons of that in the in the liquid with the oats and put it in the pressure cooker for three minutes. And hmm. I, don't, I don't even have to think anymore. I don't have to measure, you know, turmeric and... Uh,
1: oh, how funny. Well, you know, perfect. Yeah. But yeah, the other thing to do with that is to make a double recipe and then just have it in little jars, put it in, in your sizes, and then you, all you do is take it out you and know, put is, it in the microwave. Once it's made, I would eat it all. So that no, I, yeah. no, you don't. You decide you're going you oh, to don't you talk to me about willpower. My mom could eat the house. She eats more than anyone I know.
0: <sighs> oh. Yeah, no, I, I know that feeling of making the double batch, and then the kids are out the door before they've had as much as I thought they were going to have, and then the, the yes. thing sits there on the stove all day, like begging me to come lick this, the the wooden spoon. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So let's we'll get... another thing that is delicious and so surprising is that you know I I have this thing this is in me of wanting to have oats maybe uh, chia seeds banana uh, for breakfast in some way or another, those things. And so one day I put my oats into the waffle iron, and I probably spent about half a year trying to figure out how to make it really work. <laughs> so I have um, in, in this, this cookbook on page 52 a great picture of my all-oat waffles, which is really pretty, pretty simple. It's a banana and oats. And uh, water, or you could have dairy milk if you want. N- non-dairy like milk. You want. I mean, non-dairy milk. That I say dairy milk. Yes. And flax seeds, and it, it works. It's t- I mean, you don't need anything else, and it works into good little waffles. You do need a non-stick waffle pan. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. That but you would know, be so helpful. I, and I tell you, I had so many times when it stuck, but you just take a. a chopstick and take it off and you can eat it in little chunks standing right there in
0: front of your (laughs) waffle what what doesn't taste better when it's shaped like a waffle
1: yeah exactly (laughs) and I mean (laughs) so our our, our waffle picture is a beautiful picture oh and you know what's awesome on it and it's good on a lot of other things is we just took plain old raspberries frozen raspberries and blended them up and then added a tablespoon of of raspberry balsamic vinegar, or you don't even need to, and that makes a really wonderful, uh, pan, you know, syrup syrup like. Mm. All right. Tomorrow. And it's really simple. Right. So, really, you know, really I, simple. I love
0: how you're you're thinking about this, which is you know, there's a lot of talk. In the plant-based movement, about how to get people to transition, and it seems like what what, what you guys are doing, and certainly what um, what Rip did with the firefighters, is just look at exactly what they're eating, assume they like it, and just keep giving them the same stuff. It just it yeah. looks like what they're used to. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We have we have uh, they're great. You can have great lasagnas um, that look just like you know, or, or every lasagna and cauliflower buffalo wings. Well, also, but you know, the other thing on a lasagna, for instance, if you put some nutritional yeast on the top, it looks as if you've got cheese on there. And it's, so it's amazing what what you can do with, if you want to make things look just like what you used to have. Now, Howard, I hear what you're saying about about food because so many, so much plant-based food or vegan food can just be Sort of this grain, those beans, that veggie, it's just these one-bowl meals, which we honestly probably, I would say we live off those, you know, rice and beans, quinoa and curry and, you know, whatever. We have all those one-bowl meals, but it's fun to have some meals that are familiar and look, uh, look enough like what you previously had and taste close enough that you're like, all right, this is awesome. I can go this route. Right and be yeah. extraordinarily healthier.
0: Yeah, because there's so many. You know, there's. A, I have a lot of vegan cookbooks that have just beautiful pictures of food, but it's unfamiliar to people mm-hmm. who yeah. have been eating a standard American diet. Or you have. A, there's a lot of vegan food that is just delicious. That you know looks like the cat vomited it up.
1: Yeah, and, exactly.
0: And you know, I think there was a, there was a really interesting study a little while ago about giving wine experts. Uh, white wine, but they had dyed it red and the wine experts all <laughs> described the wine as oh, if it God. was red wine So these are experts. Oh, and so yeah. if you you know when you say put some nutritional yeast on top of lasagna and it'll look like cheese That's enough for people. Our yeah. b- our brains will fill in the rest. and We're like, oh, yeah. this like Cheesy yeah. lasagna this is great.
1: And we we have an eat loaf which is on page 184 I think and it's, it's really great. And it looks, you know, just like the old meatloaf. And, and in fact, I was stunned. Essie and I were just in California talking. And they took, they I just chose recipes out of this prevent and reverse heart disease cookbook. It was a hospital. They were it was a it. hospital did this. And they chose one of the things was the eat loaf. And it was amazing. I mean, people loved it. I, it was so fun. Hmm. Well, and, it looks, they,
0: Eat Loaf looks like one of those things that would be really easy for big food service to get behind. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. There's so many things you try to get, you know, hotels or, or institutions to cook. And, and, and it, it doesn't it just, work. It breaks their system. But this this <laughs> is like, you know, they, they'd be making the same sort of thing anyway, just with breadcrumbs and eggs and,
1: mm-hmm, and meat, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, another another thing that looks familiar is our kale-stuffed tugboats. I love they're just potatoes restuffed,
0: oh.
1: and uh, the, the, sort of the, the different thing that on that is that to take to bake the potatoes, and then along with baking the potatoes, I baked an onion and garlic, in in. A aluminum foil or whatever you can line it with parchment paper, and so that you use the onion as part of your liquid in the potato and in you know mashing the potato up to restuff, and to stick other things in, you can put whatever you want. Yeah, but that corn, part, oh yeah, that that's kind of a different little twist.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: so so I was and like, of course nutritional yeast yeah the key thing in making great mashed potatoes it is just amazing how it ma- it makes them so rich and delicious
0: Yep, I, I discovered the limitations of nutritional yeast last week i was making a polenta and i was going to put in like a three or four tablespoons as I was uh-huh. cooking it and I forgot that I, I didn't have the shaker top on and I put <laughs> probably more oh. more nutritional yeast than polenta and, oh god and that was the oh. first time ever it didn't improve a dish <laughs>
1: oh my god that's so weird. you should have just added more water and more polenta or yeah. more cornmeal <laughs>
0: Yeah, at that point I just went to the you know to the Hall of Shame and
1: <laughs> yeah, jump.
0: <laughs> so I was just I was just uh, looking for the the tugboats in the cookbook and I accidentally um, thumbed to the back and I saw in the dessert section you have a kale cake.
1: Oh, Seriously? isn't she the best? Isn't Seriously? she the best? That was Jane's. Know, you know you've seen that already. That kale cake is the best. I love someone from Amazon. Someone on their Amazon reviews wrote. This cake looks like it came, fell, fell off of Venus, but it tastes out of this world. So I love that review because it was so fun to make it. It was awesome. Yeah. I the mean blue it's, Blueberry frosting.
0: It's, it's, yeah, the very sort of bright purple-blue frosting <laughs> with, crazy. A, with a green. It, do, it definitely looks like this didn't have to be Photoshopped.
1: No. And, and no, no, it didn't. And my, my, uh, I have to say that my inspiration came from Dr. Esselstyn and Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey, nice. the, the tugboats are on page
0: 192.
1: 192.
0: Yeah. Cool. A picture
1: of them. But that kale cake is is just stunningly delicious. And you know the other thing, um, speaking of raspberry sauce, which of course we were talking about, yep. <laughs> um, I, I, it is amazing to take just ripe mangoes, and this is on page 250, the mango magic with raspberry sauce. And you just take mangoes and blend them, maybe with a little oat milk, and then put on little of that raspberry sauce on the top. And it's just so easy and so good.
0: Mm. Cool. So I want to come back to, to recipes, but I want to sort of you know go, go back in time a little bit. And I'm really curious about how people come to this way of eating. And I was just talking to... Um, Karen and Colin Campbell's uh, youngest son, Tom, asking him about, you know, what was it like when your family transitioned? Because he was sort of a kid at the time. You know, was it hard? And he's like, you know what? I didn't even notice. It was just it, it, The evidence was accruing so gradually over so many years that it just became the way we did things and there was never a moment where, where anything looked like it was happening. So I'm wondering, for your family, you had the, the, the beginning of the, of the study in '85. So when when did you when did you start the, the, well, the when, research it, it, start moving into be, household?
1: Yeah. It would be different from my my answer and Jane. So I'll answer first Anne. Okay. and that is that my husband decided we're going to do this. So we did it. <laughs> now when we first started way back, we did not uh, we did not eliminate in the very beginning because we just didn't know every bit of I mean we have all cheese you know, but we had some, like, no-fat yogurt. And uh, I think maybe that we had egg whites for a while. But other, otherwise, we just did it. I mean, and I, I, think, I, I think if you have an issue, if you have heart disease, I think it's ridiculous to go in gently. I just think you do it 100% because the results are immediate. I mean, you immediately find those results, and I think if it's a family, Jane, you can speak. Or I mean, I think our kids was it probably didn't notice exactly. Oh no, we totally noticed. <laughs> um, I, we were all in college, and my um, no, not not our youngest. Well, no, three three of the four of us were in college. And I remember calling home one day, and my brother Zeb answered the phone, and he's like, uh, "Mommy, Daddy have stopped eating all meat and and sugar and salt and." fat and oil, and, and I was like, oh, what's, what's, what's going on? <laughs> and so basically my dad had decided that he wanted to be able to eat this way to make sure he could tell his patients to eat this way, uh-huh. and, which I love, that sort of Gandhian approach. And so they did so, and thus they educated us as a family. My youngest brother obviously was home for another, I think he had like a year and a half at home still, and then the rest of us were in college. And we would come home for vacations and summertime still. So we got indoctrinated in this way of eating and then took it back to our schools. And some of our friends, you know, would question us or, or be like, okay, I'll eat this way with you for a while or I'll try. So it was kind of nice that we, were, we could come home and get educated and then we would try it on our own at, in school. And I remember just sort of living off grape nuts, you know, with at the time we were eating like, the no fat yogurt and just living off of that for a long time and not really having much choices to, that I could make. Well, way before you guys went off to college, uh, oats were something that everybody was eating. And I know that, that that went to college with our kids, and I was always amazed at how it spread through their friends. Yeah, you know, we were eating the oats for breakfast. I mean, you know, not cooked just as a cold cereal. So, that was interesting, so what, but I think, but for, for so many people ask, oh, I've got little children, what, what shall I do? And I just think you have to just keep at it, just keep, keep exp- uh, exposing them, have them try uh, one leaf of the broccoli, the, um, kale, no, oh well, yeah, one leaf of the kale or or one leaf of a Brussels sprout, and you know eventually they're going to come around that you just can't don't ever give up. Because you're you are the role model. Mm -hmm. Well, so,
0: Jane, I'm curious, from your perspective, what did your folks do? Right? Because I know, you know, I have a a 19 year old daughter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she she eats very well. And I've, you know, been able to influence her since, you know, early childhood. But I I imagine coming home now and saying, hey, I've discovered this new thing. Let's all change that would pose a lot of challenges. What, what do you recommend? What do you, what do you remember as, as having been done right, that sort of invited you and convinced you as opposed to just making you dig in your heels?
1: Oh, no. I mean, I we were, he was talking about stuff with his patients and their health and and we were all, we all actually are athletes or our athletes or were athletes. We all swam for our universities um, at that time. And, I think we were just so tuned into like um, anatomy, physiology, our 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 power and strength as athletes and our health, and um, it just all kind of clicked, and we didn't really I – mean, we knew our parents weren't crazy, so we weren't pushing back like, you guys are bizarre, because honestly, I've tried to think, what in my life could someone present to me in a movie or in a book or just through conversation, what could they do that would change a huge part of my life? I know, like, nutritionally, I'm pretty much set on eating this way. So I'm thinking, like, the only thing that could change is if someone could, like, change or introduce a religion to me. Or, I mean, there's nothing that I feel like I can understand what a big change my parents made for us because it was huge and it now makes sense to us ethically, morally, spiritually, environmentally, um, economically, it just makes so much sense. But, I can't I don't know what to compare it to but I know it was really big so asking people to change their way of eating is a big deal um, and I just I, I I think we were all young enough but old enough to understand it you know in order to internalize it and embrace it I know my kids you know they at home it's like we're kosher at home we eat this way but they off off to school they don't eat meat they don't drink milk but they'll get They'll get carried away in some big birthday party and they'll have, you know, who knows what kind of cake and ice cream or cheese pizza at a party. that wouldn't have pepperoni or anything. But, you know, they, they are making their way the way that we have to make our way. So I there's, there's no part of me that feels the need to make my kids be 100% eating the way we do when they're out and around. I mean, at home they're going to get whole grain this and that. Last night we had a potato bar. So yeah, and we have, Ashley and I have four children and 10 grandchildren, and everybody is plant based. And it's just evolved to be that. It's wonderful. Cool. So, so It is a great gift. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the biggest gift you can give your, your, um, your children is to, to expose them. The knowledge them to of it. Yeah, knowledge. And even if they don't do it 100%. Per- no, no, even if they don't do it 100%. They have the knowledge of it. Is what I, I agree. And then they, they, um, they can always return to it or come back to it or that's where they, um, you know, I, I think it's so, well, how you probably feel the same way. It's such a nice thing for your kids to know about.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, even, even when they're not, you know, 100%
1: yeah at Halloween my kids have dig a deep dive into the candy bag and then they just surface about a week later like oh
0: right. but you know I mean I still just compare it to like the you know uh, uh, I, I heard a talk by uh, Janice stanger this past weekend who was talking about like a pattern value for for diet like from negative 10 to ten and if you look at foods that harm like most people are at around negative eight negative nine some people are at negative ten. And mm-hmm. I try to be at, you know, plus 9, plus 10. And the truth is that when my kids are eating terribly, they're at plus 7.
1: Yeah. that's <laughs> like, so. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a Doug, you know, Doug Wow has a similar, like, A B C D. But yeah, sometimes you to B minus day. But, you know, you won't find them eating, you know, the F, you know, the meat and the... Deep, deep fried meat or whatever an F
0: is. Right. So so I'm curious about so when uh, when Essie came home and said, "All right, I'm I'm convinced this is the way to eat, and I need to eat this way because I need to tell my patients to eat this way." What did what did you Anne have to do to to learn how to cook this way? What 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 was? Oh, the, what well, there the was first nobody
1: doing did? it. There was absolutely nobody doing it. We just it's had to them. do it. I mean, actually, the fight, like the McDougals were there, but and that was the only person out ahead. And the internet wasn't there then, so there was no nothing. I mean, you just. But that's the fun, actually. The fun isn't following a recipe to me. The fun is just thinking, oh, you know, I want to try this, but I'm going to leave that out. And that's kind of fun. Sometimes it's good. Some people Sometimes don't find that fun. Some people just are daunted by that. But I'm so glad I have my mom's jeans and I, it is. It's kind of like, all right, forget that. Let's figure it out this way.
0: So, so if your, your, your dinner had been like, you know, steak with mashed potatoes and green beans from a can,
1: like... Well, you can have mashed potatoes and portobello mushroom as a, you know, that's like a piece of steak. Grilled portobello mushroom, they're great. And then you can have the green, yeah, barbecued the bean greens yeah so you, basically can, you can look,
0: just looking at what you're already having and then just just figuring out pleasing substitutions.
1: yeah, yeah and you know, and in, instead of meat, potatoes, rice, uh, sweet potatoes, uh, pasta can be your meat, so to speak, or just you know we have we have huge salads, um, just huge I mean I, I tell you, I, I'm, Eshi and I split every night this huge salad, and when we go out, he goes to this salad that looks like half of what I make, and he takes this big portion, and I look at him and say, you know, there are six more people that have to eat from that. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just, it's, you know, and it's great to start your meal with a huge salad. So I'm
0: also imagining if you started this sort of in the early 80s, that there were a ton of really good ingredients that are probably staples in your kitchens right now that you had never heard of.
1: Uh-huh. Oh yeah, we yeah. had never heard of quinoa back then.
0: Yeah. Can, you, can you remember uh, sort of you nutritional
1: know, yeast? We hadn't heard of.
0: When did you discover nutritional yeast? <laughs> what was that? I
1: don't remember. Uh, I heard about it in college, and I worked for Outward Bound, and lots of Outward Bound people are kind of, especially in the '80s, '90s, they were sort of hippie-ish, and everyone had heard of nutritional yeast. And I tell you what, I hadn't. <laughs> I grew up using uh, vinegar to make Easter eggs. And I never used it any other place. <laughs> and, and and now we've disco- discovered some of these infused vinegars. Oh, my mom is made of vinegar. And and so today uh-huh. I use them often like if I make a soup and it it is bland, I will put some vinegar in it. It makes all the difference. And some of our my husband's patients just use some of these great balsamic vinegars as a salad dressing. Like black walnut. Or no, not bl- black. Yeah, not black walnut. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. It's not black walnut jam. Oh. <laughs> what is it? What? Now you've gotten me. I all, know. All, I, I think it is kind of black currant. Wal- it's it's black currant. Black currants Okay. <laughs> it, one but of there's great flavors <laughs> like lemons. Are great. I loved. The, I had a mango balsamic for a while. That I just I used it like I was my mom. Just on everything.
0: Yeah, and it's it's you know most of us are looking for. Oh,
1: I know the other. Excuse me. Go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say hummus is something that we had not eaten really much of, and that has also become a real staple. I mean, it's become our mayonnaise, mm-hmm. and that was not in our life before. Right. And we maybe had heard of soy milk and stuff, but but we don't do we don't use soy milk in anything ever. We. I have oat milk, almond OAT, milk. and almond milk. And that's, that's about it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I know my kids, my kids love oat milk on, the, on cereal sometimes.
0: Mm. Uh, I was going to say that you know all, what we want out of our food is flavor, but we don't need 43 different flavors every day. If there's you know a vinegar, a balsamic vinegar, an infusion that you like, or nutritional yeast, or we we've gone through a phase where we just put some Dijon mustard on, in everything. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and it's just it's That's just great. a a kick that takes it beyond yeah. bland. And it really doesn't matter which what it is, as long as it goes mm-hmm. with the dish.
1: Yeah. Totally. Oh, and 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 uh, and the mustards are good. I mean, our favorite actually, We Jane has a fabulous salad dressing, and Essie and I have one we use every night, which is hummus, some kind of a vinegar, balsamic vinegar usually, a mustard, and maybe uh, half an orange, the the little chunks included or or just the juice. Yeah. And his favorite. So, what page is it on, Mommy? Is the book in front of you? Yeah. Oh, look. But it's um, you know, I think finding a good Salad dressing is a key, key thing for people to do. Yeah, and my favorite like one is just three, two, one, three tablespoons of balsamic, two tablespoons of vine- uh, mustard, and then one tablespoon maple syrup. Because your tongue is looking for four things. Your tongue, as you know, is looking for sweet, salt, acid, and fat. And since you're taking away you and taking away the overwhelming salt flavor in things, you really have to get your tongue excited by acid and spices and distract it. And the Dijon's got a great amount of um, vinegar in it. So it's, it's got, it's just the power of, there's so many other flavors out there besides oil and salt. And it's like the American diet, the American tongue, the American brain is seeking all that, you know, that mouthfeel of oil and salt. And there's just so many other amazing things to behold. Mm. At the opening um, of our salad, I mean, because we do think sal- finding a salad dressing makes a huge difference, um, and <laughs> we have the most wonderful picture of all a whole variety of our salad dressings what page is that? on the opening page of of the book, which is about page one sixty sixty six. No, yeah, and it, it's oh, just. Um, yeah. It just show, I mean, you you know, there's just such a variety of things, and it's just. I think salad dressing is such a personal thing. You know, you you like what you like. Mm.
0: And well, I I love that you know. So you've got nine different jar jars here of salad dressing. And I hope we
1: have nine <laughs> salad dressings in the book. None of them. More. None of
0: them is separated. Like if you know, you'd need you'd need like a. You know, someone with a whisk coming in every two seconds should take this picture (laughs) if they were traditional oil-based salad dressings. They're they're all emulsified. They they have no oil.
1: Yeah. (laughs) They don't need emulsification. We have 12 salad dressings in the book. Somebody, we got a bit of feedback on on Amazon from a comment saying that there were too many salad dressings. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And people often say they need, I mean, you can't win.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, when I was when I was eating lots of junk food, I was very happy with the same junk food. Like when I was eating Oreos, you know, I didn't oh, yeah. need, I didn't need twelve varieties of Oreos. And when, now that I'm eating salads, you know, one good salad dressing is really all that's I all
1: need. you need. Yeah, totally. And occasionally you can. I mean, you know, we have so many because in some cases we have used something in in another dish that kind of makes it a little different. And we put the salad dressing there so people could try it if they wanted. Mm -hmm. But I I do think I I urge people starting this to do one of the first things to try is to try and figure out a salad dressing you like without oil. It's a huge Mm -hmm. help.
0: So let's let's talk about without oil a little bit more. There's so I have lots and lots of great cookbooks and even the really healthy ones, with just a few exceptions, start out with, you know, you've got you chop up all your vegetables and you add one to two tablespoons of olive oil to your pan.
1: Yeah. And blah blah blah. So,
0: and so you know, I, I didn't know that there was another way to go. So if if how do you teach people, what what do you tell people and what do you do to you know, cook vegetables, saute, stir fry, braise, anything like that without that one to two tablespoons of oil that seems like a prerequisite.
1: Well, you can't do all the fancy things you just said. You could you cook vegetables, and you, all you need is a pan with a bottom and a source of heat.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, what, what does that look like? So, if I'm not. If I'm a not pan
1: the over the, heat and go.
0: So I've got my chopped onions. I just, uh, I just throw them in and stir them without Put oil. them in
1: the pan. No, no, no. Well, well no, we, ha- we have a section about basics. And if you want to sort of ha- use the onions, um, have them sort of give a nice color to them. And you can, you can coat them with a little bit of water in the pan and they get sort of see-through and white. But I like to have my onions have a little bit of color caramelization going. So make the pan hot, 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 so hot that a bead of water pearls around on top it doesn't just dissolve it just sort of stays solid as a drop of water see page 26 it has 26 caramelized onions and how to cook them and And, and and it's it's amazing once you understand how to do this jane keep telling Mm if then you're set so then then you're set because then you cook you've cooked your onion um and what you just stir 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 it over this high heat and slowly start to turn it down and you can see some stuff sticking to the pan, which is, as you know, it's just it's some of the onion's um, essence. It's water and it's, it's natural occurring sugar, sweetness. And you pour a little water in the pan um, and it it sticks, or pour some beer in the pan, whatever you're cooking with. Pour some, some uh, veggie broth in the pan and it lifts off and it coats on the onion. And put your garlic in, your peppers, and your mushrooms. And you just slowly turn the heat down and you can cook everything together and the moisture comes out. And it looks like. Cooked vegetables, but they just are not coated in chapstick. I mean, oil. What, <laughs> what, what I think people don't realize is that onions have got a lot of liquid in them. I mean, they just don't need all that any oil. <laughs> they really cook in their own liquid. And you, when you eat vegetables without oil, you realize how great they taste and all the texture. And you, and then if you have some veg, uh, veggies with oil, it's, you feel like you've literally like you've had a someone squirt. Sunscreen in your mouth, it just feels like this big slippery you know melted chapstick. oh my gosh, what is this um, just viscous yucky feeling yeah,
0: that, that was my experience this morning with those um with that omelet, the chickpea omelet which on which i I put on the caramelized onions and the um, sauteed mushrooms oh good and I, tell you, I I ate an awful lot. it was really tasty there's like you know. Four pancakes left on the plate. I had two of them, and
1: and I was. I could have I, eaten all four. I was
0: quite <laughs> full. I was really full, but I but I did th- that fullness did not come with a side of self loathing. Yeah. Uh, you know, which I sometimes get when I've eaten something a little bit greasy. Yeah. And I just you know just want to just you know. That's great. You know, roll roll around in like cockroach position until it passes. Oh. I just felt <laughs> I just felt full, like I'd eaten enough, but but, yeah. but it was all clean. Yeah.
1: Nice. Well done. Yeah. Well, thanks for the help. <laughs> well, I I do think you know once people get that they can that all you need any liquid works too when you need a liquid when you're cooking without oil anything will work instead that that that's a big a, a big sort of help to know how you can proceed.
0: Right. Although like, I, will, I will say that when I put in balsamic vinegar now, I stand back from the pot from the pan a little bit, so it doesn't. What? So the fumes don't go up my nose.
1: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> nice. That's funny. Oh, how last night my my parents were coming home from Italy last night, and they were arriving so late, and I knew they couldn't get. They don't get a lot of food they like on airplanes, obviously. <laughs> um, and many times they can, you know, make your own burrito. Places have things you can you can dodge your way around. I knew those places would be closed when they came home, so I took over some of the potato bars that we had to their house, and the main thing I made for them was Mommy's Mushroom Gravy. And, oh. it, it, out. and, it's, and it's, it speaks to what you just talked about. I cooked in the pan just onions and garlic, and then to this you know, onions and garlic mixture, you add mushrooms, and they start to just sort of lose all their fluid, and they... You know, cook, and it smells great. And then you add the broth and the pepper and a little bit of gluten-free flour. I actually I added oat flour. No, no, barley flour. I even mean, I added who knows what kind of flour. It doesn't even matter. Just a table, I think two tablespoons. And then just cooks. It cooks down into such a gravy, yummy, thick, luscious. Like who wouldn't want to have this all over their potatoes and their rice and their pasta and their? Or you just put it on everything. Put it on your partner. Ah! Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, anyway, it just was so yummy, and, and it was, it's my mom's recipe, and I was making it, and I was like, God, I'm so psyched that she knew how to make this, because I love making it for potato bar. Mm. Oh, it's why, I mean, with Thanksgiving coming up, it's uh, the first dish that's empty. We need to make more of it every year. It's on page um, 115, there's a picture of the gravy on mashed potatoes.
0: Yeah, why don't, why don't we eat gravy every day? It's like... Everybody's no. favorite food.
1: it oh. in no, this one you could, you should. Go Four if and eat gravy. Huh. <laughs> mommy's mushroom gravy 2.0. Hey. And we we call it 2.0 because in my beef with meat, we have Mommy's mushroom gravy, but for the heart disease patients, we had to change the recipe to have well we wanted it to have a lot less sodium and it is we I I think I halved everything and added more onion or something. Anyway, we changed it enough that we could call it a new recipe. And it is better than the salty one, I swear. One, one other thing that we really have tried to do in this book, we, in this book we use no nuts, and almost no, no salt, and, and no sugar. We chose maple syrup as the sweetener that we use because it's so expensive and because it has the least amount of fructose of some, many of the sweeteners. And, yeah, and trace bits of other minerals and things. But what we have worked Sugar. hard to do is to put some kind of greens in as many places as we possibly could. And so you'll see kale or collards or Swiss chard or something added to almost everything that we, that, where we can, where we can logically add it. But the, my favorite thing and what we're going to have for lunch today is a kale sandwich. And that is amazing. And it's on page, I'm going to tell you if I can, on page 62 in the cookbook. And the key to it is thin, thin slices of lemon. Not just the lemon pulp, pulp, but everything. The The skin, the pulp, the white, really, really thin. On top of the hummus, and then you put the kale on top of that, and And your tongue hits that acid and it goes woo, and it's all it needs. It's great. Wow. You got to try that one hard. You'll love that.
0: (laughs) That looks great. Oh, so good. And is it lemon zest on top? Looks like a little bit of yeah.
1: That's lemon zest. No, no, is that? that, no, there is lemon zest on top, but also Mrs. Dash um, lemon pepper or Frontier lemon pepper. Love that
0: lemon pepper. Yeah, this to- this totally you know, just the visual is like rem- remembering grated Parmesan cheese. So I'm sure when I when, <laughs> I, when I when I taste it, some part of my brain will, will fire those you know sympathetic yeah. happy neurons. Yeah.
1: Yeah. At least satiated ahead of time. Yeah. So. Perfect. Okay.
0: So Jane, picking up on your uh, your comment about you could put gravy on your partner.
1: <laughs> I knew you were <laughs> really going to transition That was there. such uh, a transition. Yeah,
0: I, I really appreciate that. Ken. So you you also work not just as a as a food and health educator, but as a sex and health educator. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what, what you do.
1: Yeah. I um, I'm an RN. I'm a nurse, um, but I I do mostly education, obviously with our food and cookbooks and, and our immersions and retreats. But um, I work as a middle school sex ed teacher um, kind of in a variety of different schools. And um, I love it because middle school sexuality education is, is it's really very similar to talking to people about food because what you're really talking about is, hey, this is preparatory guidance for what's ahead of you. Because in middle school, everyone, you know, kids are roughly almost everyone who's going through puberty or has gone through puberty or is doomed to go through puberty any minute. So that's the age and stage of life when they become functionally capable of sexual reproduction. So you need to talk about this stuff. Actually, you need to talk about stuff ahead of puberty in some ways, but in schools they have it in middle school often. And so it's preparatory guidance for what's coming their way, and you want them to make good choices. Which is exactly the same thing we're trying to do with food. Is we're trying to, hey, preparatory guidance, steer clear of diseases, and and feeling you know low energy and having you know medication in your life. Let's stay away from that stuff. And here's how you can make good choices to, to do that. To have a, a wake up every morning with energy, when a body that is not you know burdened by weight and pain, and but just feels good and springy and strong. So.
0: What what have you learned through your career in, in teaching middle schoolers about sex, which I'm imagining
1: is not... Sexuality without, education. Is, is sec, not, I never use the word sex. Sex, about, sex, means, sec, sex means gender. Sexuality education.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Um, what, what have you learned in doing that? I'm, I'm, I'm imagining that that's not without its challenges in terms of getting people to open their minds to to relax, to be able to discuss things that feel undiscussable. Are there, are there yeah. parallels between that work and the work you're doing around nutrition?
1: Oh, totally. I mean, and, and you've probably seen it yourself with, with the work, you know, your books, your work. If some people, um, are, they're really, really resistant to the message, be it around their kids learning about sex ed or, you know, or the, them changing their ideas about what food is. I mean, some people are like, oh no no no, my child is so innocent. No 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 no, they're just no no no. Meanwhile in class, it's their kid asking all these questions because at home they have to pretend to be this innocent little child who is living on the internet or something. But um, I mean not always, by any means. But um, it's it's some people don't really aren't open to hearing something until they get you know hit over the head by it. Hopefully, it's not your child doing something that they needed to not do, or if it's you needing to get a stent put in because you ate too much grease, meat, and cheese. So, so, so it is. It is. There's it a lot of parallels. I mean, it's. I think it's so similar. And you know, you can't come on too strong. You can't come on to this. You, some people like the shock value. Some people don't like the shock value. Everyone has their stories to tell. Very similar. So to me.
0: <laughs> what, what I see when I see when I see you work and I see when I see both of you particularly presenting is that one of your main tactics is humor.
1: Yeah, and, that's the shortest distance between two thoughts.
0: Say, say more about <laughs> that.
1: No, I think that if, you, if people can hear the humor and if you can try to deliver humor around something that's kind of intense around talking to kids about this topic that people have really built up a charge around it, um, it helps you them realize, okay okay, 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 it's okay, it's okay, it's okay the ice isn't that sand, it's, it's, it's okay, it's okay, I can head out this way, it's not that treacherous. Um, and same with eating this way, you know, look, Yay. taste that, Tastes good. You see, it's not as freaky as you thought it was going to be. It's not bark and fuzz, it's, it's food. Um, so I think there's fear and concern and around... Food and sex. But I do like what I work in, food and sex. What a great thing to have to think about every day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and it all comes down to gravy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it all comes down to gravy. Good gravy. But, yes, yeah, the sexuality education is, is it. Um, gotcha. But thank you for asking. It is, it, it, it's funny how it's similar in my mind. I think in not many people's minds are they the same, but... Uh, People want to be Tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. What do, I, what do I say? What do I eat? What do I tell my kid? What do I do? Just tell me. Like, you can do it. No, 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 no. What, what, what did you say to your kid? What did you say? What did you have for breakfast? Well, the frightening thing to me is what the Internet has done to uh, to, to sex, <laughs> that anybody who is probably over... 18 doesn't, doesn't realize, I mean, I think all these parents are totally ignorant as to what the shocking things their children are seeing and can see and hear on the internet that they don't even know, you know, and they've never even conceived of anything as, as sort of ghastly.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I remember I was teaching um, elementary and middle school when the Monica Lewinsky scandal broke. Ah. Uh. Yeah. And I thought this this I'm going to have I'm gonna have to explain oral sex to kids much younger <laughs> than I've, right. ever, I've ever had to before.
1: That's so. exactly what happens. And um, oh, but but it, it, at least there was a it was on the news then. Now it's just on their phone in their room in the dark with no one to explain it. Yeah. Except Jane. No, no, please. That sounds creepy. No, <laughs> you're so good at it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, but it's you know it's I think they're it's part of a huge problem or a, a huge opportunity for us, which is which is we live in a culture in which almost all of the messages that our kids get and then we get come from interests who don't have our interests at heart, whether it's about yeah. food or. or or sex or politics, you know, one, one of the things we have to teach people is to regain responsibility for their for themselves, yeah. for their kids. And it, I think it's all part mm-hmm. of the same thing. We can't we can't pretend this stuff doesn't exist. So we have to be able to confront it and we have to have it, you know, maybe more front and center than we'd be comfortable with so that we can exert our own influence and help yeah. our kids see that we're the ones who care about them.
1: You know that makes me think of something I meant to say earlier in answer to one of your questions, but it it, it, it refers to it I think. One of the most powerful things I think that's happened um, in the in, in the eating part of this, not the sex, was the movie Forks Over Knives, and I and I think it was so powerful because what it did, at least what it, what we have noticed that it did is so so often when I doctor or someone says, you should change how you eat. You know, you immediately bristle and put your hands up. I don't want to be told what to do. But but if people see that movie, suddenly it's like it comes from within them. Oh my goodness, that's something maybe I should be doing. And so that it gives them a whole new different mindset um, as to how to you know how, how how what 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 maybe changes they can make to themselves in eating differently. So that I thought was a very nice tool in having helping people to change. And if someone is bristling about doing it, you know that might be an interesting movie to watch to, for a family to watch all together.
0: Yeah, that's it, it's. I've found the same thing. It's such a great tool to, yeah. you know, it, it, it has a great storyline. Yeah. It has yeah. great, great characters. It's entertaining. <laughs> it's not that long, and yeah. I just tell people, <laughs> save you know, let's save both of our time. Watch this movie, and then if you're still yeah. interested, talk to me.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and maybe did he show them *Causspiracy* also? Have you seen Cowspiracy? Mm, I just I just saw it
0: in uh, in Austin.
1: Yeah, wasn't that great?
0: That's some scary stuff.
1: I know it was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. So. Um, Talking
0: about the movie, so, Anne, you're one of the, the stars of the movie. I'm um And I was thinking specifically, we talked about this before we started recording, um, one, one of uh, Essie's uh, patients, uh, Sandera Nation... Um, was you know, working really hard to incorporate this, this diet into her lifestyle. And that she was saying, you know, the Essilson's would, would call me. All, you know They would talk to me all the time. They would support me. And one time I was at Walmart and I was really craving something. And then my phone rings and it's Ann. And she's like, don't buy anything at Walmart. Put that crap back on the shelf. And so, so I'm, I'm curious. So I know you were, you know, Essie um, enlisted you to help uh, you know, to feed him, so that he could <laughs> tell his patients what to eat in a very yeah. Gandhi esque fashion. But mm-hmm. ha- how did you uh, come to become the sort of nutritional and spiritual advisor for for so many people?
1: She uh, can't help herself. That's why. <laughs> no. Well, well. Um, <laughs> you're no, we, we have good. There are now. There are too many people now for us to be on top of everybody. Uh, unless we but if anybody call, calls or emails I mean I, I want to tell you that my husband is on the phone all day long and he, he loves it I mean he 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 loves it from the airport in the car going to the airport he is answering people's emails and one today it, in yoga class I was bending down downward dog and the woman next to me goes I need your dad's number I have a friend who needs to go see him she's got heart disease and I'm like I have no idea who you are. Like okay, <laughs> so that that's just particularly amazing what what he does uh, to to respond to all the people that that that, that write. Just just amazing, and it's a full time job. I mean, he is literally full time on the phone. In fact, Howard, I just want you to know that he is looking at me with daggers Uh, because he needs the phone uh, he needs the phone back but he he can't have it (laughs) no he has his cell phone he has a cell phone he's fine
0: (laughs) now now i feel like the pressure is on because i have to i have to justify this uh this call in in cost benefit (laughs) terms that Essie can't save somebody's life in the next 10 minutes
1: well we have once a month um a, a, a seminar at the Cleveland Clinic Wellness Institute where patients come from all across the country the world the world we 've had people from Israel and australia and london i mean who who 've just come, but they come for five hours just once a week month and it's it's a amazing it 's amazing session and um it's and a five-hour I mean, pre- five prescription. It but, it, a- you know, the thing, Howard, and I know you know this, this whole idea is so simple. It's so easy. I mean, it's as easy as if you just said to someone, don't eat any meat, dairy, or oil. And then, I mean, if you're, if you're smart, you can just go out and do that. I mean, you don't need hours and hours of training or lessons and lessons and lessons and cookbooks and cookbooks and cookbooks. You could just do it if you if you don't mind having some meals you don't love sometimes.
0: Well, I think, you know, you guys in the in the early 80s pioneered it. And I'm sure you had some some meals that uh, you wish you hadn't made. But I think, you know, for, for a certain percentage of the population, they can go and figure it out. But for everybody else. I think examples yeah. like yours where you're just saying, look, here, here's another model. Like, every, you know, everybody in America who has the resources get, somehow manages to feed themselves and their family every day, regardless mm-hmm. of what's, what it is, we're, we're not, you know, we're, we're managing to pick up forks, stick them, stick food on them, stick them in our mouths and get sufficient, you know, calories and nutrients to, to get up and do our day. It's not a hard thing to do. And no. you know, with, with, the, with the guidance that, that you folks are, are providing around, here are some models. I think you know, what I really appreciate about your cookbooks is that they are so accessible. They're probably the most accessible cookbooks um, and guides that, that I've seen anywhere.
1: Well, we added a few uh, odd things like Jane said, well, we have to have buffalo. What do they call Jane? Buffalo wings. And but they're with cauliflower. I'd never even eaten buffalo wings, but know, um, oh, we do have some great, odd things. That's like another that. great
0: photo. I think that's the best photo in the book, actually.
1: And that's fun. <laughs> I know my mom's like, "What is this nonsense?" I'm like, "Believe me, it's they're trending. They're they big deal football. You know, culture. People people will like them." Um, but that's nice of you to say, Howard, because it uh, it's true. This um, our publicist friend had a firefighter contact her. And he said, I was got, getting ready to go to the store to buy things to make some burgers for my firefighter friends. And I looked at the list, and I realized I had everything in my pantry. And, I, I mean, how cool is that for someone who's making, you know, a plant-based burger to not have to go outside, you know, you know and go to the store or two different stores to get, you know, this is and that's and beet greens and this greens and, and lemongrass or whatever, because you just don't use that stuff.
0: Right. And there's and there's people who love doing that. And on occasion, you know, one, yeah. once every two or three weeks, I'll, I'll want to go and try something new or find a co- mm-hmm. recipe that I've never had before and just be amazing. But day, day in, day out, it's the, the tried and true with the less I have to think, the yeah. more likely the dish is to get made.
1: Well, two things. When when we started this, Essie and I had been in Puerto Rico, and it had a, a beans and rice with, with green onions on top, and we lost it. So that actually has, has evolved into our favorite recipe, our most commonly used recipe, our Party recipe, our Christmas, like Christmas Eve, Eve right? recipe, which is just black beans and rice, and then we pile on chopped tomatoes, frozen corn sod, you know, to red peppers chopped, um, water chestnuts. I mean, you can go on and on, and great salsas. I mean, wow. if you're having some virgin vegans over, people who've never, think they've never had a vegan meal, but, you know, they probably have, um, they just fall in love with it. And, and then, you know, you can have guacamole as I mean, it's just a great, great, fun, colorful dish all, on, all piled on up to your plate so high that you think, how can anybody possibly eat all that? And then Ann puts you to shame because her plate's twice as big as yours. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> so I have,
0: I have one more question about the, you know, the study patients, the people who, who came to you, um, you know, more or less at death's door. And, came
1: to my dad, yeah.
0: Yeah. Came to you know to to learn how to eat, and here's here's my question that, that for me reading about um, the studies, reading about nutrition, reading you know even even Essie's book, even the China study, it made total sense to me, but I hadn't experienced it personally, and like the the real light bulb went off for me when i started getting better myself but but even so like it really took helping another person i have a neighbor who's you know 280 pounds, diabetic and i coached him to eat whole food plant based and he's now under 200 and off his diabetes meds and like that even i i had finished working on whole and at mm-hmm. that point so you know, like there's no one who should know this stuff really you know, more, more confidently than I do. But it really took seeing another person following my advice and getting well to really make me a believer. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. what it was like for you to see people who are supposedly at death's door, eat their way out of heart disease with your help.
1: Oh, it, it, it's, I mean, I think it's just the most satisfying, amazing, um, no, no, amazing thing to do we today ha- had an incredible email I'm just going to see if I can find it to read to you it's such good work Howard I mean, it's such good work as she's looking for that like I know whenever I go away for a week and I mean, I'm leaving my husband and kids alone like I feel like yes I'm going to make a little bit of money doing this but not you know nothing hand over fist I mean you know what do you make from like, the books you just keep, you just keep going um, and but, but the, the work you're doing in the world, it's just good work. It's, it just falls in the category of, of, you know, this is inspirational, good work of helping people. And, you know, as they say, giving is so, does, is so much better than receiving, and it's, it's true. Here, now, here's just a little something. That just I mean, literally, I just read it two seconds before you, we, we talked to you. This is someone who's only been following the diet for nine months uh... my husband must have talked to him on the phone we've never met him but he uh... he he but uh, my husband had asked him to give him a follow-up of how he was doing and so he sent his amazing labs and he said this, this lifestyle has improved my quality of life i am physically more fit i am growing hair on my head my athletic recovery is the same as it was when i was a kid everything is just incredible I wish they would have taught us about nutrition in medical school, and emphasized it as much as they did pharmacology. Through nutrition, real preventive medicine really takes place. So, I mean, that's just that's just a a typical comment from people, people we know we've never met. You know, it's just it's crazy how miraculous it is. Yeah, you know. it's truly a miracle. Just think how, how <laughs> what much, happens how when people? Mon-
0: how much money you'd have to get paid to compensate for that feeling?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, and and, p- and 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 all time. these phone calls all day long he does are free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I feel like you know we're 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 the most selfish people in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like who, who, like who has a better job? Who gets, yeah. who gets more satisfaction out of helping people? So, final final question. I'm curious what you guys are. What's next? What what you're working on? Uh, any <laughs> big any big plans, or just continuing? Well, my mom and I her? are
1: still doing a couple things with our cookbook. You know, we, we um have been uh, as you know events here and there. So we have a couple more events going on with our book, but um uh there's just endless. My my God, my parents this month have been to. Lithuania, Texarkana, San Francisco, San Diego, Italy, and they're about to go to Kirpalu and the Dominican Republic. This is all in four-week period of time, and they're 79 and 80, and they're dealing with all that jet lag and travel and whatnot. So they got a lot going on every day. I've got three kids, my small sex ed teaching career, and um, I'm working on another book project with my brother. Ooh,
0: can you can you um, spill any beans about that, or is it all hush-hush? not quite
1: know. yet? Because it's not not quite yet because the ink isn't dry. But um, but I think another project will be coming soon um, from the engine two branch of the of the family tree, if you will.
0: <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, any anything else you guys want to add that I, I didn't ask about? No, you've been
1: great, Howard. I'm so glad you made the chickpea omelets this morning. Well, you, well you, Howard, you really have adopt, adapted this and all your family who we met last summer. That's just amazing. What a great... What, how, and, and then, of course, with your work with Colin. Just crazy how excellent well, it is. And, 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 you, and, you, and you really, you, you came from... Nine, when did you start doing all this change? Well,
0: I'm, I'm a bit of an embarrassment. I started in 1990 and then stopped. You know, I I, I had the golden ring and I dropped it a few times.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but isn't that cool? It makes you understand it's a process. I think it's, I think it's, it's, that's fine. I mean, look where you are now. It's, um, you had the information and you came back. Uh, That's,
0: yeah, well, it's, you know, it's, um, it's a paradox because, you know, the best thing you can do is feed your kids this way from day one. And if you're 80 and you start eating this way, you'll make amazing progress. Yeah. But this really is the most powerful tool I've ever seen. So, one of the reasons I keep doing these interviews is so I don't forget again.
1: <laughs> research is me, search. That's good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I like that. All right. Uh, Jane Esselstyn oh. and Ann Kryle Esselstyn, authors of the Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease Cookbook and so much more. Thank you guys so much for spending time with me on the Plant Yourself podcast today.
1: Uh, Thank you, you, Howard. Wonderful. Be well. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye -bye. Bye. Hey, I hope you
0: enjoyed that interview with Ann and Jane. And if you're thinking that um, cooking is kind of a pain and it takes a lot of time and it's a lot of effort, so remember, there's always drugs. You don't need to uh, do lifestyle treatments. You can always take drugs. For example, I was visiting my mom and she was watching a TV show called The Doctors, which I had never seen before. And of course, all the ads are for various um, prescription medications. And there was one for hot flashes. And so I was listening to all the wonderful ways in which this drug can make women's lives better as they go through menopause. And then, of course, they had to run through quickly the list of side effects. And so they said, uh, you know, Brisdell is not for everyone. You should let your doctor know. If you have any of the following symptoms, thoughts of suicide, acting aggressive or violent, new or worse depression, new or worse anxiety or panic attacks, feeling agitated, restless, angry, irritable, trouble sleeping. Wow. Oh, also uh, nervousness, hallucinations, coma, coordination problems or small movements of the muscles. So you can't control racing heartbeat, high or low blood pressure, sweating or fever, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, muscle rigidity, dizziness, flushing, tremors and seizures. Yeah, so definitely uh, drugs are an option. Um, you know, the side effects for eating a whole food plant based diet basically include end of brain fog, more energy, less pain, better sleeping, better sex, the list goes on and on. So everything has side effects. The choice is yours, my friends. Talk to you next time. Be well.